Kurt Schilling takes a swing at hot topics, then my Losers of the Week roundup featuring our fearless leader, Joe, who slurs, stumbles, and announces he has cancer, sort of, plus a woman who identifies as a furry and Justin Trudeau's new haircut that is and identifies as just plain bad. And you know I have some final thoughts to top off the week. That's all ahead, and the show starts right now. Another week of losers, and the pickings, unlike the supply chain, are bountiful. First up is none other than our illustrious president, Joe Brandon Biden. He's slurring and gaffing again, go figure, but this montage of sheer presidential excellence is definitely not a winner. During a speech, and I use the term speech very loosely, President Joe blamed the oil industry for giving him cancer. Here we go. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time, Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. So naturally, the Twitterverse went nuts over that comment. It's obvious Joe is slipping a cog or two, but we certainly weren't privy to his cancer. But the White House quickly rushed in to clarify that Joe doesn't have cancer, but has had several non-melanoma skin cancers removed. But don't worry, he remains a healthy 79-year-old. Alrighty, thanks for the clarification, team. Now explain this one. Elizabeth Warren, Congress Claw, Sauce, where is she? There you go. All right, that certainly isn't an easy name to pronounce, so I'll give Joe a little slack there. But aside from that uh, uh, applesauce word soup, you'd think he'd at least know the gender of the person he was referring to. But hint, Joe, not a female, not a she. But then there was also this interesting comment that is, well, just listen. He's not a bad guy at all. I live in his house, Sheldon Whitehouse, a great champion. A great champion in the environment. He's been banging away at it. Good to know Senator Sheldon has just been banging away. I'm just going to leave it at that and move on to our next loser, who, similar to Brandon, also communicates in an unconventional way. Now, humans identify as a whole host of odd things these days, but this has got to be the weirdest. In a video uploaded and then deleted from TikTok, this woman, who identifies as a furry, demonstrates different meow sounds to communicate with her fellow furries. Now, the video was deleted, but not before the interwebs and my friend Terrence K. Williams got a hold of it. Okay, hi guys. So, my name's Dasha. I'm a furry, and I'm going to be teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult. Then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kitten family. Okay, this is the most important meow for me, and it's the I need help wiping meow. Okay, and last but definitely not least is our in heat meow and we use this when we need a little bit more special kitten attention if you know what I mean. Meow. Um, meow. <laughs> All right, so I don't know this woman's political affiliation, but I'd be willing to bet she votes Democrat. I'm just saying. Now, being a furry and meowing in different dialects doesn't make someone a loser, but this culture of free-for-all identification has gotten so out of hand that that in and of itself is a real loss for humanity as a whole. But so is my next loser, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. 
There are a lot of reasons I could label Trudeau a loser, one being the vaccine and COVID tyranny he's placed over Canada, and another being the awful way he treated the freedom truckers who stood up to him. But now, folks, Justin got a haircut that pretty much sums up his leadership. Take a look. So he debuted his new and a less than improved haircut in Quebec, and the internet loved the material. Some are chalking it up to his best ever to look like George Clooney with his sexy Caesar haircut from the 90s. And then there's this gem. So poor Trudeau has had some grooming issues in the past, like a few, few years ago when his eyebrows literally fell off his face. But neither his eyebrows nor his new haircut make him a loser. In fact, his haircut may be the most redeeming quality about him, but it's just too good not to include, so I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. But up next, baseball legend Kurt Schilling joins me once again for a breakdown of some hot topics. Hang tight. Joining me now once again is a friend of our show, unapologetic and unfiltered, as always, Kurt Schilling. So, Kurt, I want to get right into it because I have so many topics, some sports topics, some political topics, but I have to talk about the news of the day. Uh, Joe Brandon Biden has COVID. Imagine that. I don't know how many times he's had well, it at I this mean, point. I, that's as shocking as a sunrise, I think. Like, he's had, like, 42 boosters, right? You'd think at this point... After all these people in the White House that we know are, are vaccinated, they're boosted, they love their masks, and then it seems like every week another one of them has COVID. Well, I, I was watching Rand Paul the other night in a, a, a legislative session talking to, I guess, somebody uh, that's in the administration running around the country fear-mongering. Um, not a doctor, not a scientist, and, and Rand Paul is a doctor. And he talked about the fact that there was a study Done, and there were two and a half million people in the study, and they found that the rates of immunity were far higher in people who had COVID than people who had the vaccine. Well, you would just think, I'm not a doctor or a scientist either, but that would stand to reason. Right. That makes a lot of Natural sense. Natural immunity. That, that was what we were, that, you know, you heard that herd thing mm -hmm. early on. That was how we get rid of this thing. We should have done that from the get-go instead of everyone staying in and prolonging this but thing. But I keep, but you know, I, 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 I've had the honor and the privilege of being around a Young Americans Foundation and Charlie and talking to kids on college campuses. And one of the things I implore them um, is when you see things like that, just ask why. Why did we go through all that? And when you look at the results, it was about power and control and all the things... I mean, that was a test run, I guess, and now they know they can yeah. do it. It was the pilot program to see how much they can get away with. But, you know, they're masking kids again in San Diego. Well, they want to bring back the masks yeah. in L.A. But, you know, the All-Star game, they were okay, wanted to bring in all the all the tourists for that, of course, and nobody was masked this year, thank goodness. Yeah. But now they want to bring it back conveniently. It's kind of like at the Super Bowl when they wanted to ease the restrictions, but get everyone in, and then bring it back. That's the thing, though, is I don't know how you feel, but I'm offended. Like, I get angry. Because they really honestly think we're that stupid. We're, they think we're as stupid as we know they are. And, and that it angers me because it's working. Because you have a sect of liberals who are... I, I just saw a piece, uh, a hidden piece with one of the CNN people talking about the next wave of fear. How they're going to instill that next wave of fear. And I'm thinking to myself, how, it's almost like watching Joe and Kamala speak. How can you watch them speak on Monday and and still vote for them on Tuesday? Well, yesterday, Joe told us that he has cancer. Yeah. He announced that, and I quickly saw that, and I Googled, like, does he have cancer? And then, of course, they clarified, no, at one point he had melanoma, right. non-melanoma skin cancer removed. 
Okay, I'm sure right. that's what he was referring to, guys. Right, just like but the handcuffs on AOC. Yeah, yesterday he had cancer. Today he actually has COVID. AOC still has imaginary handcuffs. But you're right, they do think that we're stupid. They think that we can't use our own eyes, that we're that dumb, that we should just blindly trust them, and sadly a lot of people but do But I also though. heard a, a terrifying theory. If you remember back, uh, well, you were, you're a lot younger than I am, um, back when uh, in the Nixon administration, um, we could get... Gavin Newsom as our president, and uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Stacey Abrams as our vice president without a vote. No votes being cast. Because if you think about it, somebody goes to Kamala Harris, who is the absolute poster child for why affirmative actions is such a nightmare, um, and say, I'm going to give you $100 million to run this nonprofit. She, re she re can resign. Biden invokes the 25th after he brings in Gavin Newsom as the vice president. Newsom becomes the president. They did it with, Nixon did it to Ford. And then we get Stacey Abrams as the vice president. The first thing he does as president is pardon Hunter Biden and the Biden family and away we go. Well, I think they're ready to throw the Bidens away. I don't even oh, think they, they care at this point. I don't no. think they have any loyalty. Unlike the Clintons, they have some loyalty to the Clintons. I don't think they have any loyalty to the Bidens. I think they're ready to just throw them away. The only person with less chance of being elected next cycle for president than Joe Biden is Kamala Harris. Yeah, that's it. But you know, Gavin, he is sniffing around that White House. He wants that so bad. Well, have he you, was in the White House and they were both out. Well, and have you seen the ads too where he's imploring Floridians to move to California? Yeah. Like again, do they think that we're stupid? He's begging people to come back. All the Californians worth anything have left or they're about to leave or they want to leave but now he's saying oh you know we know DeSantis has done a wonderful job all these Californians yeah. have moved to and Florida the pictures please are come scary back. because California yeah. is a beautiful place yep. but if you listen to California's talk they have the fifth largest economy in the world and my response immediately is they're also over half a billion trillion dollars in debt to the federal government their homelessness problem is off the charts horrible and there, it, it gets back to if you listen to any of the good speakers on campus they talk about the hypocrisy of the left they want to open the borders and all the things that go with that, but they don't want to take in any homeless or illegals in their own places. No, and in fact, some of the mayors are getting really upset that their homeless shelters are being inundated with illegal immigrants, and they're yeah. saying that Texas should stop sending them to these other places, stop busing them. It's like, it's don't bus them to D.C., don't but bus again, them. again, that gets back to, it offends me. Yeah. How, how, how can anybody be as stupid as you? And, well, because they, there's no self-awareness. And the cognitive dissonance is is like palpable. The, the, it's the only explanation for they, them saying the things they do and doing the things they do. I think the only way they can win in midterms or in 2024, I think the only way they could possibly do it, aside from shenanigans. That's the only way. Or they're pushing really hard now on the Roe v. Wade stuff. You can't even listen to Spotify or Pandora without hearing an ad for abortion rights, and I think yeah, but, it's getting them fired but up. But if you go look at it, at, at um, there's a couple different early returns from some local voting going on in California, and in a couple of the districts, Republicans are outnumbering Democrats in the vote, and and it's like two percent of the population voting, like five or seven, eight to one, like even in California, I think that I think liberals are like. Wow, this this is not what we thought it would be. We've added a million Republicans to the voter rolls. I think that there's going to be a lot of people upset, but I do think if there's anything that can energize that base, it's the Roe v. Wade stuff. And they're really excited about it, but I, I want to talk to you about Harbaugh, too, because the left, they freaked out. Um, 
he should never have uh, have had a speech at that pro-life rally. He's not allowed to say, let the unborn be born. They're saying he shouldn't be coaching at a public university if he doesn't stand up for women's rights. They're really going after him right, right but now. if he had come out and said abortion's awesome, none of that would happen. I mean, it's, it's right. that simple. That's the, that's the thing. There's no nuance to this. It's just, if you don't say the things we think and think the things we say, we hate your guts and we need to cancel you. It, I mean, you... you Dave Chappelle and all the other stuff going on, it couldn't be breaking better for us than it is as conservatives. Because part of what we've learned over the last five or six years, just get out of the way and let them talk. Right. They're going to ruin themselves because they're the ignorance and the and the the lack of real world understanding is again offensive to me that they think people all other people are that stupid. I want to throw this curveball at you though. I don't you mean to use a baseball pun, but I think you're right about the older generation and they see what's going on. My generation though, the ones younger than me, I'm not sure that they're seeing how bad this is. I'm not sure that they do think realistically and logically. I think they've been so brainwashed and they've been stuck so much on a screen and on TikTok and listening to this crap in their universities and it, from preschool all the way on up. I don't think that they have the same realization that educated they, people they do. They don't because their entire platform is based on emotion. I mean, if you listen to them talk, I don't know if you, there's a, there's a great TikTok going around the other day of this young lady who's getting kicked out of her house by her mother. She has green hair and she's she's been given two weeks notice. And her mother says to her, you know, you're in here bullying me and all that. And she's like, I'm not bullying you. I'm trying to educate you. And and she's like, you and, you, and you're mean to me because you, you misgender me. And I'm like, wow. The real world will spit her out in a, in a, in a heartbeat because people outside your home don't care a lot less than your parents do. But but that's it's a part of it is is the apathy on our part. I mean, listen, for forty if you go back the last forty or fifty years and look at the voter turnout, it's way below where it ever should be. Number mm -hmm. one, and number two, that level of apathy has gotten us Joe Biden, and then because we elected Trump. And then, you know, it's something I, I've been thinking about since since you and I talked about coming back on the show. And I want I've been watching this this big scenario unfold and listening to to liberals as because I think part of I think definitely part of your responsibility. And, and I know I feel it, too, is I want to give the person on the fence or the young conservative ammunition to talk to the left because the left doesn't want to talk. The mm -hmm. second you start breaking out facts and data, they just start being idiots about this. But the fact of the matter is, over the last six years, during the Trump presidency, the economy was phenomenal. More women and more minorities were employed than at any time in recorded history. The world didn't mess with us. They didn't want to piss Trump off because he basically came out and said, man, let Iran do it. If they have with us, you know, we'll turn the desert into glass, all those things. The only people that were miserable and violent and burning their own communities down and killing each other in the inner cities were liberals. The country was doing fine. Liberals were emotionally unhappy that he was in office. No other reason. Every family in this country was better off. Every legal American family was better off when President Trump was in the White House than they are today. And you listen to them talk about that, like, you know, we're finding out the January 6th thing is exactly what we thought it was, right? You've seen this guy running around and say, hey, how, go into the Capitol building. And, and he's still walking around scot-free. And there are, but, you know, and, and we knew they, the stand-down order from Pelosi and all the other stuff we knew because... The other thing is, if you and I go to the Capitol building to protest our government's illegal activities as constitutional uh, uh, law-abiding Americans, 
We don't go there with MAGA hats on to take selfies in Nancy Pelosi's office. Right. Right. Well, it was that was a day that is going to haunt Trump supporters, whether it was Trump supporters or not, because every time now, and it happens all the time, you can't question voter fraud because the second you question voter fraud, they go, oh, insurrectionist. Right. Well, and that's like having a conversation about the president under the premise, okay, we'll talk about him. If you talk to a liberal about Trump, we'll have this discussion, but you have to give me the fact that he's a racist before we even talk. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I disagree with the premise. And, and, and then, so you're not, they won't even talk to you if you don't go with that right off the bat. And, and he's not. I mean, I've known him for 16 years. There's nothing racist about this guy. He never has been. Well, until he ran for office. But right. I'm glad that you brought up the whole the whole labeling because I'm sure oh. one of your good friends, LeBron, you know, he's saying something about a place that I know is very near and dear to your heart. He's <clears> saying, <throat> I said on his podcast and his show, that Boston fans are racist AF. And he stood by that. And it, he's talking about Celtics fans. You know, he's got a stake, though, in the Red Sox at this point. But he came out and said they're they're just racist. Well, and he did so, I, I guess, based on how the fans treat him. And my response is, no, Boston fans aren't any more racist than Detroit fans, than Chicago fans, than San Francisco fans. You're just an asshole. Well, if they don't like you, it's not because of your skin color. They just don't like you, LeBron. Right. Why is that well, so hard and, for him to but understand? But here's the thing. Think about... Uh, you know, we're in a time and a place where baseball being, I think, 60% white is horribly racist, but the NFL at 80% black and the NBA at 80% black are not. I mean, there's it, logic, it gets dumped on its head. But the fact of the matter is, when you think about the hundreds and thousands of athletes of every race and color that go through and play in a venue in Boston, really, LeBron James is the only one? And, and I don't know if you remember this, but about five or it was longer than five years ago. Adam Jones of the Orioles went into Boston and came out and said that someone in, in the outfield called him the N-word. Happened to be after an 0 for 4 when the Orioles got their asses kicked. And I called him a liar. And I was immediately called a racist. And, and I, I wasn't claiming that event doesn't ever happen. Although, and I, I got to tell you this, I spent 22 years playing professional baseball. I, and, and yes, I'm white, but I played with players of all races and all colors. Never once did I hear a fan call a player the N-word. Never once. I'm not, and I'm not saying it didn't happen. But, in, but it's not a daily event. My response to the Adam Jones incident was, it didn't happen. Because if it did happen, in this day and age, it would be on TikTok, it would be on Snapchat and Facebook, and the fans in that area would have called this person out. It happened the very next night, and that's exactly what happened. But I was called a racist for, for saying no. But those are the things that fuel the fire of systemic racism, which is a complete fallacy, not backed by any data anywhere, and LeBron is adding to it. And... That's the tragedy for me in all this. And, and I, listen, the guy's done some amazing things for young people. And I'd like, but, but he's also, when you look at him, he's also someone who's never, ever had someone in his life to say, you know what, shut up. You're an idiot. He's got a lot of yes people around him. Right. He's, he's, so, he's anointed himself to such a level we've at this always point. Need, everybody needs that person, though. Trump needs one. Mm -hmm. Dude, shut up. Don't say that because he's got a platform. LeBron's platform is massive. Um, and... He uses that platform as a uh, as a fan of China. Yeah, of course. The He's not speaking out right. about about those things. Right. No. Right. Which would be amazing, but nobody in the NBA will because the the Mark Cubans of the world are gutless cowards who money is everything to them, and that's that's their choice. But don't act like that isn't part of your makeup. But the fact of the matter is, and, and I I know I'm 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 going on about this, but the fact of the matter is, LeBron James is disliked in Boston because he's really good and he's a dick. 
I mean, that's why. Well, it's it's personality, and Boston fans are, are passionate fans. I mean, that's I, I just said, how they are. I always said, as a Red Sox player, <laughs> when I went to Yankee Stadium and got booed, what a badge of honor, because Yankee fans don't boo players that suck. They don't care about you. And you can ask JP. I mean, he's been, you know, the, when you when you certain cities, and, you know, Philadelphia was the same way, but here's, here's, a, here's an underlying piece to this whole thing. Boston and Massachusetts are represented as one of the bluest states in the country. Oh, yeah. So if it's heavily blue, how could it be racist? Because they're the least racist people in the world, right? <laughs> well, it, white liberals might be the most racist people they're by, it's out close. there. Well, I mean, listen, Joy Bayer says when black people get guns, boy, the laws will change. Like, they, again, I'm offended that they're that stupid and think we are too. I want to go back to something you said, though, about China and Cuban and the rest of them. So they won't offend China because they're afraid of losing money. But why is it we've created such an atmosphere in the United States where you can offend Americans and still make money? You can't offend the Chinese, but you can offend your own people in your own country and you can still make money. Mark Cuban doesn't care if he says we're not going to play the national anthem before Mavs games. He doesn't care that viewers and Americans are offended at all, and he's not going to lose a dollar for that. Right, but it, it, the answer is because the virtue signaling and the real world, don't they don't coincide for the left. They virtue signal about everything. They don't actually do anything about any of it, right? They'll boycott the hell out of a company like Chick-fil-A who closes on Sundays because of the Christian ownership, but damned if they won't be buying season tickets to the NBA in pay-per-view because it, it's, and in many cases, it, it, here's the other thing. It's not all of us, okay? In, in, in many cases, it's not America. It's the left. If, if we could take all the liberals and move them to another country, we would be the happiest country on the planet. Well, they might come back with a little more appreciation, which is what we would all hope for, but we're never going to be in that environment. I think that liberals actually don't hate this country. I think no, that, they hate us. I think that they also... I think it's a self-hate, but I think oh, yeah. it, it makes them feel good to hate something. They have to it, rage well, it, against right. some machine. You've you been know? around that person who's never happy unless somebody else is more miserable than they are. Right. That's and, a vi and watch reality TV. That's what reality TV is, right? Reality TV has got these massive audiences because people want to see more successful people who are less happy than they are. They love that. They revel in well, that. Well, misery loves company. And they, and they have a laundry list of company. I want to talk about the All-Star Game, but before that, yesterday I did a wonderful interview with a former Kentucky swimmer named Riley Gaines, and she came out, she swam against Leah Thomas, they tied for fifth, they gave the trophy to Thomas, sent hers in the mail, said that Thomas had to be photographed with it, but they're both nominated for Woman of the Year, that's been a big controversy, but something that she said, we all know that this is happening with Leah Thomas, but she said something to me yesterday that I haven't heard before, and i got to get your take on it. She said that also competing is a woman, a female, who identifies as a man and calls himself Isaac and identifies as he, him. But yet, weirdly, Isaac is still swimming for women's swimming, but identifies as a man, but wouldn't swim with the men. Why have we not heard this before? And if you're just supposed to do what you identify as, and it's not about having a competitive advantage, then where's the fanfare around well, this? It gets back to what I was just telling you that I tell you that you, you asked the question, why? It's a very simple question. One person understands the world doesn't revolve around them, never will and never should. And the other person is doing it for reasons that have nothing to do with who they are. I mean, if, if I'm Leah and I'm nominated for Woman of the Year, I'm like, listen, 
I appreciate that. I appreciate the sentiment. I appreciate that you're recognizing me for what I am or who I think I am. But that's, I, that's embarrassing. But they don't have enough uh, self-respect to be embarrassed. Well, Leah Thomas is, from what I've heard, very shameless about what she's doing, and she knows that she's got a competitive advantage. I've heard and enough, and, and, and I grew up, I don't know how athletic you were when you were young, but I grew up competing my whole life. And I happened to be gifted enough to get to the pinnacle, you know, uh, and you can talk to, I'm sure you talked to JP about this. Um, I understand the amount of work, emotionally, mentally, physically, that goes into this. I think of the hundreds of th millions of high school female athletes who work their butts off to try and get a scholarship. And now you've got men taking them away. You've got men, listen, every, every female record in history will fall if, if they allow this to proliferate women's sports. Can you imagine? Well, what was it? The Australian female team that got beat by a bunch of high school boys. Can you imagine if, if well, if LeBron James decides tomorrow he's a female? He'll score 1,100 points a night in the WNBA, and we'll cheer that. I have to give Caitlyn Jenner a lot of credit because not only has she come out against the NCAA for everything that they're doing, but she's been very vocal. Like, hey, listen, I when I was competing as a man, competing as Bruce Jenner, I was competing even though I might have had feelings of wanting to be a woman. I competed as a man. But if I would have competed as a woman? Oh, go back. Right. Go back and look at his times. Look at right. his, I mean, it would have been, it would have been laughable. He right. would have won every gold, every competition and shattered every women's Olympic record because, and here's the thing, when you say it, people get offended. Men are bigger, men are stronger, men are faster than women. Not all men. There's always exceptions to the rule. I'm sure there's a billion women that can run a faster mile than I can. But the fact of the matter is there's a reason you've never seen a woman playing in big leagues. There's a woman you've never seen, a, a reason you've never seen a woman playing in the NFL. That... Those are just truths and fact. And if you listen to Jordan Peterson talk at all, it's very, men and women are different. Very, very different in great ways. It's what that's makes, why they had different categories. But it makes, so. that's what makes it such a unique thing. I love women's sports. I coach my daughter's fast pitch team. Women are a hundred times easier to coach than men. Um, <laughs> I love women's hockey. Um, but this isn't the best of the best. The best athletes in the world are men. And people think that's, that's just fact. That's data. Data can't be racist. It can enforce or support a racist stance. If it does, it usually doesn't. You know, the, the systemic racism thing. There's no data anywhere ever now that supports that. It did 60 years ago. But not well, anymore. if I think if we talked about what's racist and what's not less and we all just existed, and we didn't have to be so trying to nitpick everything and call everybody out, and everyone needs to be a victim, or everyone needs to be either an oppressor or an oppressor, and we all just coexisted, I think racism would largely disappear, but there's some people that don't want it to. Well, the chat, well they can't, because if racism, if systemic racism as a, as a, as a, uh, a fear-mongering device goes away, the Democrats have even less to, 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 to fight for. In the war chest, because identity are, well, they're already fighting really for everything. things that aren't really existent. The whole Roe v. Wade thing blew me away. It, it, listen, it, the right of abortion went back to the, where the to the states. Roe v. People can still get abortions. That, I mean, but the lies that they come out with after everything are just mind-boggling. Again, offends me that they think I'm that stupid. Well, they. I think that 
they know that certain people aren't, but they know that a lot of people are growing dumber by the day. Yeah. And they're easy to exploit. Well, that's the education system. I mean, you just, I know, I, I'm sure you watched it. And you've, you've actually been in situations where I've seen you talking to young people and just trying to say, by virtue of a question, showing everybody how stupid they are. Steven Crowder did it all the time. You watch it. I'm convinced that the SAT and the ACT don't actually exist anymore because there's no <laughs> chance that these students took it or passed it. Yeah. Or got a got a, a admissible score. The the other big problem I think for for you and I especially is apparently somewhere along the line, a white male and a white female lost the ability to have a discussion about racism. I lost the ability to have any opinion on abortion. And it it well it gets back to when your platform is unfettered access to abortion with unlimited terms and unfettered access to legalizing drugs and open borders and all, those are three things of many that you have no platform. You can't build a platform on any of those things. Those are just, and I know you and I are on opposite sides of this, of the, of the Roe v. Wade, the abortion issue, but that's a discussion that right. we could have. And well, it's, it should be more of a discussion, but when certain people are just completely told they can't be in the conversation, right. how do you solve issues and problems? There's no dialogue. The last thing I do want to ask you about is some All-Star Game stuff. Do you still watch the All-Star Game? Do you still like to watch baseball? No. No. I can't. Why is that? Um, because when I see a starting pitcher walk off the mound in the middle of the sixth inning and tip his hat, I get acid reflux. I can't. I was... I would, and, and I know this sounds like the hit your pants up to the bottom of your chest and get off my lawn. I was raised differently in the game. I was taught by men, uh, and, and, and it's not squarely on the athletes. It's the game that's, that's the cause of this. Those nine innings, every fifth day were mine. I was responsible for those. And, and I was, there was no, my, the, I don't miss the game. I've never missed the game for a second. I got to walk away when I wanted to, and and very few people have that opportunity and ability. But the one thing I do miss is walking towards home plate to shake my catcher's hand at the end of a complete game. There's I just there's nothing in life that will ever be that. But it's unwatchable now. It's unwatchable because if you think about, it, I always looked at the baseball game as a as a short story. Yeah, the hero and a villain. The hero and the villain were always the starting pitchers. Maddox against Randy Johnson, Kershaw against Scherzer. That's gone now. That doesn't exist anymore. And so you take the protagonist, you take the hero out of the story, the story becomes a lot less interesting. And it is. And then it's the money. It's and it, you know, it's well, I'm glad that you brought that up. One thing I do about the pitching, because I want to get your take. JP works for the Marlins. He was on my show on Monday. He was very upset that Kershaw was starting over Sandy Alcantara because Sandy's got a better record. Overall, just a better pitcher. Right. But it because it was in Dodger right. country, you know, they had to do whatever. And he said that the game has turned into more of a, a fanfare and a, and a charity than it is well, about the, the best of the game best. Is, and, and I've always kind of felt like it should be in that sense. I, I you know, back back when I played, they didn't do the Pujols thing. They didn't put an honorary member of the all, which I think is great. I think they should. Um, I know as a player, I had I, I, I was uh, I had three all-star game starts. Every one of them was like one of them I turned down. But like that was a big deal. And I want it to be on merits, but I get it. I mean, San Alcantara is going to have a lifetime full All Star games. Uh, God willing, he stays healthy because he's. Well, a I think that's animal. the thing JP was saying is, yeah. you know, God forbid something yes. would happen. This and was I agree. his chance, and yep. he had the record, and, <clears throat> and it should have been him. I understand, and it probably should have been. But the All Star game is ninety nine point nine 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 percent about the fans. Yeah, 
Well, and it's become a spectacle, and it is a spectacle. It's it's fun it, for people. But it's they the enjoy only, it. It's, if you think about it, it's the only true All Star game left. Right. The well, NHL. People, people like it though. People love. But because it, it's a real game. game. Yeah. Because you can't. It's not going to be a twelve ten hockey game, or uh, a flag football touch football game. It's not going to be one seventy five to one sixty five NBA game where nobody plays defense. You can't do that in baseball. You can't kind of work your easier way through pitching because you're facing the best hitters in the world and you sure as hell can't stand at the plate and take your time because you're facing Kershaw one inning and Otani the next. I mean, it's the last true all-star game. And I think that w- that's one of the few things baseball has that will always be true. But, you know, I, I, I'm on both sides. As a player, I want J- what JP wants. I want the guys who earned it because I'm in the locker room. That's the thing. I think that's where it comes from, being different from being a fan and being a player. All right, last thing, and then I have to let you go. But I have to ask because I watched the draft and – Again, JP brought this to my attention, and but I noticed it as well. A lot of these young players, you have a real divide now. You've got some that are just so thankful to get the opportunity, and then some when they're being interviewed, they're talking about you got to secure the bag, got to make the money. You know, they got their chains on, they're walking around with all these rings. I mean, these kids are young kids, and and they're not talking about the love of the game so much. They're talking about the money, and it's changed. Oh yeah, what has? I mean, this was the first year I saw sort of a Johnny Menzel of the MLB draft. Um, the world's changing in ways that I don't like. Um, but when you're talking about, well, Juan Soto turns down $450 million and everybody cries about what an idiot he is. Well, Juan Soto, clearly, does, it's not about the money. He doesn't want to play in Washington. <laughs> um, and I don't blame him. But as a society, haven't, hasn't that been the thing we pushed? They're, they're caring and concerned about the things that we make them believe are important. Um, generally don't see sons of former big leaguers that get drafted anything but appreciative because they know they're going to be awesome. And then there's the idiots that, that do the other stuff. But the beauty of baseball is if you offend me as a pitcher, I'm going to get a shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get multiple shots during the year, during my career. If I got a problem with you, I'll fix it. It has a way of humbling people. So let's hope that that happens and people yeah. talk about that. Yeah, and because less those about... kind of things in the clubhouse, they're tolerated a little bit more now than you, but those don't go in the clubhouse very well. Because think about it. We play 190 games, count spring training, in 210 days. We're together. I'm, you're with your players on your team twice as much as you're with your family. So those things iron themselves out very quickly. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things I think are going to be ironed out here coming up Agreed. soon. Well, Kurt, thank you for always giving your unfiltered opinion. We have a lot to talk about, and I'm glad we got to fit it all in. And we'll see you next month because I know you're coming back. All right. Thanks. All right. Up next on the kind of the same trajectory here, the leftists love political activism and sports so long as it's their own. My final thoughts on Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh and the rabid leftists out for blood. That's next. The left loves activism in sports so long as that activism is their own or reinforces the woke BS they're trying so hard to shove down our throats. The latest outrage over Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh and his pro-life stance is the perfect and latest example. And you bet I have some final thoughts. It's a tale as old as time. The left encourages and celebrates political showboating and grandstanding in sports. So long as the message is acceptable to the left and the agenda, they're not just pushing but force-feeding. Their hypocrisy really knows no bounds. Christians shouldn't kneel, but BLMers should. 
Athletes and teams should plaster the rainbow all over everything in the month of June for inclusion, but unvaccinated players should be ostracized and lambasted for their personal choices. And when it comes to abortion, if you, as the leader of an organization, don't speak out in rabid support of free-for-all abortion, you're not doing your part. But if you're Jim Harbaugh and you advocate a pro-life stance and have the audacity to say, let the unborn be born, well, you might as well delete Twitter and cancel yourself if the left had its way. The hypocrisy is so thick and perfectly displayed in one of the many tweets on this subject. Let me make sure I'm deciphering this bullcrap correctly. If you don't support abortion, you shouldn't hold a high position at a public university and you should be fired. Got it. That makes total sense if you huff paint for fun and or voted for Joe Biden. But the best part of that thread is the part where the Palmer Report tweeter demands that Harbaugh not use his platform or clout to support his personal beliefs. Boy, no one on the left has ever done that for sure. You got it, Palmer Report. I'd roll my eyes, but they go so far back in my head I couldn't finish this commentary, so I won't. But the silver lining in this whole controversy is Jim Harbaugh's response or lack of response, that is, Unlike others who have bowed to the mob or apologized in fear, Harbaugh didn't, and let's hope to goodness he won't. And to the leftist warriors trying to intimidate him into doing so, listen up. Y'all ruined sports by making it political, so now you have to live with the consequences of that, and part of that is listening to those whose activism doesn't match yours. You created it, so deal with it. And those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.